This is Bookshelf Banter, where you'll get to meet new indie authors. Be sure to check them out. You just may discover your new favorite author. Well, welcome to Bookshelf Banter, Jennifer thank you. Walker. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, uh, thank you for sending me uh, Finding Aloha. So yeah, I'm glad can, to. Can we can we talk about Finding Aloha? Definitely. Um, it's coming out on Tuesday on um, it is the twenty second. It's a very exciting day. Now it's not your first novel. It's your second one. It's my second. Yeah. My first one came out in uh, November of 2020 and it was called Within the Folds of a Swan's Wings. And so this is my second. They're not related novels, though. They're standalones. They're standalones. Mm. Well, well, I was reading it. Two things really stuck out for me. Um, relatable teen characters. Uh, do, do you have teen? I know you have kids, but are they teenagers or preteens? I have or- a, a 14-year-old boy and an 11-year-old girl. So they're not quite at that age yet, but... I think the inner teen in me still exists somehow. <laughs> and whenever I write teen fiction, I, it brings me back to those years. Yeah, pretty quick. Good or bad. <laughs> yeah, way. maybe a little bit of both. Those angsty years when you're just caught up in the drama of everything, you know? Everything. Well, I, I actually found it really funny, um, without giving any spoilers, what Luke did to Jess um, mm-hmm. and the rumor he started, had had actually happened to me. Um, oh no way! And yeah, and I took to it. I actually mm-hmm. went up to him in study hall, full study hall, and uh, blasted him for in the quiet. Good for study you. Hall. Wasn't even. Yeah, it was one of my finer moments. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I I got I actually got a round of applause. So <laughs> good for you. But like the guts that that takes, right? Oh, it, I. I don't know what possessed me to do it because I was a very shy person, but I was just so angry Yeah, and there hadn't even been any, I don't even know where this guy came up with this. Like we had just hung out once yep. <laughs> and this was not even, uh, you know, anything, not anything close to the truth. And I was so angry that I mortified him and he never spoke to me again. <laughs> Well, and it's it's this entitlement that they can just make up what they want or create their own narrative and that there's not another person on the other side of it. So, right. um, yeah, unfortunately, it does happen. And more often where women are the victims of it rather than the other way around. Right, right. And I think it happens a lot in, with teenagers where, you know, well, she said this happened. And mm-hmm. and. It, and it's hard and you you probably know working in a school like just kids just they don't take an account that somebody else no. is is like you said on the other side of it and it's like okay but you made up this whole story about what she said and none of that is true yeah and well and especially right now with social media ugh. i think it's just that much easier for kids to get this ball rolling because they can they can do it without any kind of a face-to-face so um, rumors can spread like wildfire now and we you know when we were younger there was mm. still that aspect but it wasn't quite as easy to spread the word right. or whatever put it put it out there oh mm-hmm. my god so social media is such a oh double-edged sword I was just yeah. gonna say it's so true oh. Yeah. I, I think it's great. It brings people together. Hello, we would not be having this conversation if 
totally and Facebook. And I've met so many great people and amazing people and gotten the, you know, opportunity to connect to so many people. But I think there's like a fine line between who abuses it and who uses it for its intended purpose. And sometimes we can go over the line. I can't say that I've never, you know, hostily lashed out at a family Mm -hmm. member on social media, like not recently, but you know, I I think we can all do that. And kids, they don't even have that prefrontal. I know things are still developing. So their, their impulse control isn't there and it's just, they're not thinking about consequences. And you know, what worries me a little bit sometimes with the kids is that they almost have a preference to do things over line, you know, or, or over or online, I should say, yeah. um, you know, when I talk to nephews and nieces and things who are, you know, teenagers, and instead of going out and meeting friends on a Saturday night, they might opt to stay in and just mm-hmm. socialize online instead. And um, there's sort of this lack of connection, I guess. Yeah. And, and the pandemic was not great for no. that either. It kind of Well, like... and I think that's exactly where it's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. where things are stemming from. It fueled that fire where, you know, and they definitely didn't have to face the people that they were, you know, bullying or not getting along with. They could just say whatever they want. And and mm-hmm. I mean, you see it with, you see it with adults anyway. Like, I always find it strange that even on like Facebook or Instagram, like somebody will post a, a you know, a video of a dog and, mm-hmm. and they take it to this extreme of, oh my gosh, why is the dog in a crate? Oh my, like, yeah. people <laughs> find something wrong with everything. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, and I think we, we maybe all need to do like, um, you know, a check, like just shut down our social media for like a month or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> do a check in with reality it's so true well I mean as a a writer there's sort of an expectation to to be engaging online that's that's part of it um but you do have to have a bit of a balance where you can't get sucked into just that world all the time because it's just it could be your life if you want it to oh yeah and I'm sure there are plenty of people that do make it their life I try to you know take a and not but like you said being mm-hmm. a writer is very difficult because you have to have that you know engaging on with your audience and you know mm-hmm. this is this is why you should read my book and and all that and, and it's and it's hard to sell yourself anyway but this is the easiest yeah. way I guess <laughs> I don't think writers are very- yeah it's just <laughs> well most of us are a little bit more introverted than extroverted and so yeah the whole selling yourself part of it is you know, a little bit outside of a lot of people's comfort zones, for sure. I'm not a salesman. I'm not a marketer. That's not where my background is. So me um, neither. Yeah, me neither. But the other the other thing that in Finding Aloha that really stuck out were the very detailed descriptions of Hawaii. Now, I'm going to assume you I'm going to assume you've been there. You know what? Maui is my favorite place in the world. Um, Yeah, I've been there tons of times. I'm lucky enough to have been there tons of times. And um, so, you know, the, the various landscapes of Maui always drew me in. I think the island is spectacular. Um, so I really wanted to capture that in it. Um, but I also wanted to take a look at kind of the history of Hawaii and keep that thread in it and, and kind of asking the question, who does this island belong to? You know, a lot of 
the island's culture is based on tourism now and that's how they get a lot of their money but um, there's a whole history there that a lot of people coming to the island maybe don't even realize and um, you know who who calls this place home when so many of the people that are there originate from other areas or or whatever so um, yeah coming being a Canadian coming to Maui and being one of the visitors you know I wanted to see it from the protagonist's point of view that way but kind of delve into um yeah some of the history I guess yeah you did a you did a really great job with that um you know explaining it through you know Kai's eyes of you know him being a quote-unquote local and Mm -hmm. you know just just being a a tourist that was living there and and her coming to you know the conclusion about who the land did belong to Mm-hmm. Not necess- not necessarily who belongs. In a way, nothing belongs to anyone. But who has right. more? Who has more? You know, claim to it. Rights or claim say. to it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So, what inspired that? Was it your trips to Hawaii, or? Yeah, I think just traveling there, um, meeting some locals there, and um, just getting a sense of of the island itself and sometimes going kind of off the beaten path and finding neat little niches that maybe aren't well known and figuring out how that fits into, um, you know, the island life of people who are coming to visit and then people who live there full time and have lived there their whole lives. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's a special place to me and I really wanted to, it's well, it's it's a place. How could you get a more romantic place for a, <laughs> a teen beach read than Hawaii? So I thought it would be a great back, backdrop to a love story as well. Yeah, especially since she's from Canada and is used to snow, and Hawaii is yep, totally different, yep. from, it's totally like, different it's a, from that. Totally, it's a great break from what we experience here at home right now, where it's cold mm. outside. Oh God! So you're like buried in snow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right now it would be it would be very chilly right now. It's actually yeah. funny because a, a few of my ARC readers, my ARC readers, um, have planned trips to Hawaii after reading the book. They actually went on and and booked holidays because they said it inspired them to get out of Canada and get to a beach in Maui. So if I <laughs> have done that in any way, then I feel like job job done. That that is great. I definitely like. I definitely want to see Hawaii. I've never been there. You know, I've been to islands. Um, you know, Turks and Caicos and Saint Lucia and mm-hmm. uh, Bahamas. So I've been to those islands, but Hawaii, I think, is a totally different, a different place because the people that I know have that have gone there. I'm just not um, thrilled with like the long plane ride aspect. Right. <laughs> if you're more on the East Coast, yes. Yeah. It, the time change and oh, yeah, God, the, yeah. I'm more Western side of Canada. It's not quite so bad, but yeah. I mean, I figured take maybe you could take like a the five and a half six hour flight to to California, stay there for a day, and then go to Hawaii. But still, that's still far, right? Oh yeah, From for California, sure. California, yeah. So that's, that's one day you'll you'll have to make it one day. It'll be a, um, yeah. And you have to stay for longer than that distance, right? Oh yeah. Oh God. I don't know. My husband doesn't like to stay anyway for more than four days. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Then you're not going to Hawaii. (laughs) You need to, you need to stay for a chunk of time. 
And one time we went to California a couple years ago and we were there for nine days. He was like, this is the most endless trip ever. And I'm like, all right, oh. it's nine, nine days. And two of those were traveling. Calm down, you know? I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm just getting my groove in at nine days. That's where <laughs> like, if I yeah. calm and relaxed, so. Right. I, I don't, I don't know what it is with him. He's always been like that. Like we never go right. anywhere more. Uh, I don't know. Not at home. <laughs> No, (laughs) only on vacation I'm a very like busy person so I really feel like when I go on vacation I really want to relax and I can't do that if 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 I'm only there for a couple of days you know right he's always you know anywhere we like go we went to to St. Lucia for four days I'm not even joking (laughs) so how long did it take you to get there (laughs) forever yeah like your travel time's the same as your beach (laughs) <laughs> it was it was pretty- just a perfect amount of time i'm like oh my god oh pick me up at the airport in a couple of days i'm staying for a little bit longer yeah exactly oh. Oh, yeah, sure. it's that's just one of our weird marital quirks i i want to you're just gonna have to plan a girl's <laughs> a girl's trip that's all girls to hawaii yeah or, or to wherever myself. yeah or by <laughs> yourself guess. yep sit there and write yeah sure I probably wouldn't be able to write in Hawaii it's just probably too beautiful <laughs> oh well, yeah <laughs> funny enough yeah that's where I did I've done a lot of my writing is Hawaii sitting there oh. outside of your lanai and oh it's just so calming you get up early in the morning and for sure oh I gotta ask you it was a scene in the book where she talks about the ohana that they're in mm-hmm. yes Am I saying- okay so I uh, Lilo and Stitch uh, told me Ohana means family. So what gives? <laughs> so Ohana can be like a like a little side residence. So it's okay. kind of like a little second home. So almost like a um, like a little house, I guess. A guest house. So it can be mean that guest house. Oh, so it has like multiple meanings, kind of like Aloha has multiple meanings. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I'm not a pro at the Hawaiian language, but <laughs> I do know that much. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I have to stop getting my you know language from Disney movies. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Disney can teach us all a little bit of something for sure. <laughs> uh, so, what inspired you to start writing in general? Were you always a writer? You know what? I always like writing in some capacity um, and being a teacher. I think just being around books all the time. I am an avid reader. I read probably too many books. Um, and then I just when my kids got to a certain age, I decided to write them a book. Just it was sort of on my bucket list. I wasn't thinking about publishing or anything at that point. Um, I just wrote a it was a middle grade book uh, loosely mm-hmm. based around them. Um, it will probably never see the light of day because, <laughs> you know, a lot of authors' first books are shelved and closed up forever. Maybe I'll rewrite it one day, but um, yeah, I kind of, it's like a cork. My, I don't know, something went off in me and I just loved it. I loved the process of it. I loved kind of immersing myself in a book. I almost felt like I was reading it while I was writing it which sounds bizarre but I didn't plan I'm not a planner I'm a plotter or I'm (laughs) not a plotter I'm a panster yeah so I just kind of fell into it and once I completed that book and um, I had people in my life read it and they said you know what I think you've got something here like you should 
do some more writing and that sort of thing. And so then I went on to write um, the YA that got published in 2020. Um, and so I feel really lucky that I just kind of fell into this unexpectedly. I don't have a degree in creative writing, but it's something that I always have kind of incorporated in my life, but um, just started as a novelist, I guess, in the last three to five years. Um, and so, yeah, I've written um, two YAs and then I've just finished my second middle grade. Um, I have one that's on submission right now, which I hope to make an announcement about in the next few weeks. And then Ooh. one that I'm just kind of finishing editing, editing up right now. So we'll see what happens with those. But the middle grade has been fun to write because I teach middle grade kids. So and my kids, like my own children are kind of that age. So yeah. I have lots of lots of testers where I can read to them mm -hmm. or have them read books and get um, some authentic feedback happening back with them. So that's yeah. been fun. That's very helpful. What, what do you teach exactly? I teach fourth grade. Oh. So nine and 10 year olds. Yeah. Um, they're fun. I, I like they're so grade, fun. <laughs> the, they are still young enough that they don't have attitude and they love their teacher, yes. but, but old enough that, you know, you can have conversations with them. You can give them a task and they'll do it and they kind of run with it. And their enthusiasm is like no other age range. So um, I love it. I love teaching fourth grade. It's the yeah. best. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty good range. I, I'm actually in the middle school, which I, I do love. I, I actually do. Um, I was in the elementary school for uh, 14 years. And oh, I was wow. like, oh, if I tie another shoe, I think yes. I'm going to lose my mind so right. uh, I yeah about seven years ago I went over to the middle school and and I mean it's they're such interesting characters they really are well because <laughs> their personalities are developing and they have opinions oh. about everything oh yeah good or bad yeah yeah <laughs> once fair. they hit about grade seven or eight they think that they actually know everything that there oh, is to know as well <laughs> you didn't know they do they know everything <laughs> my 14 year old and I have lots of conversations where he must be smarter than me because he he knows it all. That's for sure. No, then they're they're fun to to have around. I have a sixteen year old and a twenty year old, and fourteen was definitely not my favorite age. I remember yeah. saying, I remember saying to my son, it was probably like thirteen. He was probably in seventh grade. I was like, you know what? I'll talk to you when you're not a jerk in about three years. Okay, yep. so we'll see you on the other side of this. <laughs> so it does get better. That's good oh, to know because I was oh, I was absolutely. anticipating it getting worse before it got better. I'm not sure. I'm gonna say like around 16, it's like some sort of like they get a lobotomy or something, yeah. and they start to become humans. And you're like, oh, oh, oh welcome back. Thanks, we missed yeah. you. <laughs> Excellent. There, there's there's still good. moments. Trust me, we had moments this morning. I was like, uh, I thought we were past this, but all right, I guess. But it, you yeah, <laughs> you see the end of the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and at that point, you know that you don't, you only have a short time left with them. So maybe you just appreciate yeah. it a little bit more too. True. That is true. Sometimes I do sit there and go, oh, I wish you guys were squishy little babies again. But right? Then I, remember, then I remember how bad that was. And like, <laughs> There's no, no <laughs> winning. No, no. I, I like you the way you are right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, so who um who would play your main characters in, in Finding Aloha? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, because I feel like the main character Jeff is, is kind of a down to earth um girl next door type. Um mm -hmm. 
Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. I feel like. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Were you thinking about this? No, because the last book that I read, not the last book that I read, the um, the last author that I interviewed said the same thing about her main character. I I actually must check out this girl. I did see a picture. She uh, so you can't look at her for for my for this book. I wouldn't choose her from like her Stranger Things days, like at the beginning, because you know she's bald and she looks quite different. But yeah, kind of how she is now. She has this mm-hmm. kind of like girl next door vibe. Um, I think she's in a Netflix movie based on a book. Um, uh, what's it called? Things about jellyfish. The thing about jellyfish. Oh. Um, which I want to watch because I really like the book. Um, so yeah, I think she might be, um, yeah, she, I think she would play the, the role of Jess really well. For Kai, I feel like I would need to find, um, a Hawaiian, like an authentic Hawaiian actor, a teen actor. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like you couldn't, yeah, I, it wouldn't do it justice without having somebody authentic Hawaiian or, or Polynesian maybe. Um, yeah. Although I'm, I've been watching Outer Banks a little bit, and the main character on that, I think his actor name is Chase, or his actual name is Chase Stokes, I want to say, something like that. You know, he's Caucasian, but that vibe that he has in the, in the show would work as well. So that would be kind of fun. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, I, I can see. You know, I think he can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. Oh, there you go. He's like tanned. He's got like the surfer hair. The whole series takes place like on a beach, basically at the water. So um, it kind of has that, that beach vibe to it for sure. Very cool. So um, what are you reading right now? Right now? Well, I do a lot of audiobooks. Um, I'm an audiobook junkie a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, especially when I'm really into a book, I clean the house, listen to an audiobook, drive my kids yes. around, listen to audio, walk the dog. So right now on audiobook, I'm listening to um, Know My Name from um, Chanel uh, Miller. It's the, a memoir of her. Um, who She was sexually assaulted by a Stanford university student several years ago and it's kind of goes through the court case and the trauma that she experienced so I'm in that right now yeah it's actually it's a good read um and then I just finished the midnight library by Matt Haig um which was yeah like it kind of at first I I didn't even look at what it was about um I got a recommendation from a friend so I just plugged it into my goodreads and picked it up um which I'm kind of glad because I didn't know what I was getting into. I think if, yeah, like I think if I would have read the back cover, I'm not into sci-fi, fantasy at all, anything like that. And if I would have gotten into that, I probably would have been a bit turned off thinking that it was going to be a little bit too out of reality for me. Um, I thought it was fabulous. I thought, oh gosh, it just made me think about life and death and what happens to you and if you could do things over again. And yeah, I thought it was really brilliantly done. So. I think that's the thing about fantasy too. I was never really into it. I started listening to some fan fantasy is really great on audiobooks. Um mm-hmm. and I just think a lot of it is really makes you think, um, you know, about life. I, I mm-hmm. didn't actually listen to um The Midnight Library or um the the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Did you read that? 
No, I haven't read that one. It's also fantasy, but it, it's mm-hmm. very, um, it really makes you think about, you know, choices and, and, mm-hmm. and things in life. So I think I do enjoy that aspect of it rather than sometimes you need, I mean, you sometimes need a little fantasy. You need to get away yes. from, you a bit know, of an escape. reality. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But they, I think I, fantasy books often have parallels to our world that you can kind of compare. I think yes. that's what you were saying with, you know, you can still some of the threads or the themes in it you can still relate to but they just do it in a way that gives you that sense of escape at the same time yes the escapism i'm i'm really getting into the escapism i'm i think everybody is right now (laughs) after the last two years where we are all stuck in our own bubble contagion movie (laughs) yeah exactly we all need to just pretend that we are elsewhere for a little while which is why for my book I like the beach read because I could pretend even when I was writing it it was like yeah you know you could just leave for a little while no I definitely felt like I was there I was like oh especially when you started describing like when they took that ride through all the different um you know types of uh towns and valleys Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah all that so I was like oh yeah I really feel like I can feel like I'm there and I've, I've never been there but I could definitely envision that so you, you definitely did that very well well thank you so what do you wish people knew about you hmm I think well, like anybody you know you don't do things in isolation and I I feel like I'm so lucky in my life to have incredible family and friends who support me they support my writing they support me as a person um and that I think I recognize that they are my anchor and that I wouldn't be the person I am without them in my life and um especially being a teacher you know it really becomes apparent that not everybody has that solid support system around them and that I'm able to do certain things in my life because I have that privilege of having people surrounding me with love and support that may be and so um yeah I think that's important to show people and let people know that I acknowledge that and that I am in a place of privilege in terms of having family friends love in my life stability and I think it's really tough for a lot of kids and teens growing up who are maybe missing that and it's an uphill battle, you know, when you don't have those anchors in your life. Yes, that, that is definitely true. And, you know, seeing that as a teacher and um, I'm sure you, you really can appreciate that every day. Like even, you know, I'm not a teacher, I'm a a school nurse, but I Mm -hmm. go to work and I, and I come home and I look at my kids and I'm like, I really appreciate you. I don't say enough. I don't think, but I'm like, you know, you give me grief. You've, given me you know, heartache and they, mm-hmm. they, they do it's just part of their lives and it's just part yeah. of growing up but some of these things that these kids go through and some of these things that they put their parents through it's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm so grateful that you know it's nice that you <laughs> nice that you brought that up because I don't think enough people are grateful and you know Everybody should well, do I, a gratitude journal or something. Honestly, well, I do. It's funny because I do. We do a gratitude journal with with my grade fours because oh. at an early age, like it's important to teach them that even if you're having the worst day or the worst week or 
you know, we're in the worst pandemic the world has ever seen, there are still things that we can be grateful for. And sometimes it's just the the little things in life right. and trying to recognize the joy in little moments in life. And um, I think that has, that's been a way for me to cope with the last two years is finding joy in the little things. Um, and so I'm lucky to have an abundance of joy around me, I should say. And yeah, I just feel very blessed in my life. That's wonderful. It's beautiful, actually. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so if you wrote a memoir, what would the title be? Oh, <laughs> so so rough questions, the rough questions. It is. <laughs> and this one, you'll, you'll probably laugh and roll your eyes a little bit. So <laughs> my husband, back, my husband and I have been together for, I don't know, 23 years or something like that since I was a teenager. And that song from Flashdance would come on, that What a Feeling song. Oh, gosh, um, I love that song. <laughs> you know that song? I won't even try singing yeah. it for you because I would be embarrassed myself further. I, I um, won't sing it either. <laughs> but I would love that song, and it would pump me up. And if you ever actually looked at the lyrics, I mean, it's such an inspiring song. It's all about chasing your dreams and believing that you can do it, basically. And so I, years and years and years ago, I told him, you know what, this would be my theme song. I think this would be my theme song. And he laughed and rolled his eyes and thought I was a dork. And then <laughs> funny enough, when I was in the middle of labor with my son, um, you know, going through all the pains of labor and all the rest of it. And we had a radio on because I don't know, 14 years ago, I guess I didn't have a playlist on a phone <laughs> or something like that. So we actually had a radio that we had to turn on. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, and so we turned on the radio, and that was the song that came on as I was in the oh, labor, gosh. like ready to push, and it was just kind of ironic. So I am going to say, "What a feeling!" Um, the 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 flash dance song, um, yeah, because I feel like that gets me going. It inspires me. It makes me feel happy. I I will tell you a, a funny story. Actually, my parents had that on tape. Why I don't know, because I don't ever remember them watching the movie, but I would put on my leg warmers and my leotard. Yes! And, my and run on the spot. <laughs> and, and just like flail around my bedroom thinking I was this amazing dancer. And I probably looked like it's I was. Because the song makes you feel like you can do anything and that you're oh. amazing in whatever you're doing. I'm telling you, this song... Whoever's listening, put the song on, sing in your car, dance in the shower, whatever you need to do. It will make you feel like a million bucks. Yeah, that, that is, I, I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably look like I was having a seizure, but it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was an amazing dancer at that point in time. 10, 11 years old, probably. Right? Oh, gosh. So what a feeling would be a wonderful memoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be so, a good, good title. Now, this next question, I, I'm asking this because this actually happened to me, like, right before the pandemic. Um, my childhood yeah. home was knocked down. And uh, oh my, my parents had sold it. We had, they had had a horrible, um, we had Hurricane Sandy a couple of years ago. Oh, and my goodness. They, so their basement had flooded. They had, like, cleaned it up and everything. But then it was now in a flood zone. And it was impossible for them to sell it. So they ended up selling it oh. to Blue Acres. So I did not think that. I would be so affected by this, but I drove by the spot where my house had been. I had lived, I hadn't lived there my entire life. I probably from the time I was like six to mm -hmm. the time I got married, 21. And um, 
I was devastated. I was gutted. And I was like, I would have just liked to wow. have saved like part of something. my childhood bedroom, just something like, like, right. I, I don't know, like the paneling or the molding or whatever. And um, that's what made me think like, what would you so save they, from they your tear, childhood? They home? tore it down entirely. <clears throat> entirely. The whole thing's gone. And wow. I look at it and I'm like, I can't believe there's a whole house on there. Like my whole life was on that. Like I, there's so many memories and yeah. I feel like just having like a piece of it. So, so not like necessarily an item, but like what part of the house would you have the wanted actual to keep? house? Yeah. yeah. Cause automatically my mind goes to like, Oh, my baby boxes of the kids and photographs and things like that. <laughs> right. Like those are kind of right, the right. natural go-tos. Yeah. You know what? We have, some great lilac bushes in our backyard we have a beautiful backyard it's huge and it's lovely we were we yeah that's the reason why we live in this house is for the backyard um and these lilac bushes smell amazing in the early summer when they bloom so I think I would try and grab the lilac bush so that wherever I end up I would plant it there and kind of get a piece of home maybe yeah. yeah, we we had them too, but I actually hated the lilac bushes because no, the lilac. Yes, yes. Oh. I'd be like, so so we have one now, and my husband thinks it's hilarious that I hate this lilac bush, and I'm like, you don't understand. It makes my eyes so itchy. Oh, the smell! It, like at night, it it flowers at night or whatever. So if I sit out there with a glass of wine at nighttime. It's just the fragrance. I think we have like about eight of them, and the fragrance is so strong. It oh. feels like you're wearing perfume, and I oh, I love. They're, they're yeah but they're kind of like you know um onions to me I just I can't yeah like the same thing yeah like I wish I could I wish I could like onions but you know <laughs> not, just not for you <laughs> to each their own right exactly. that's it's like cilantro you either hate it or you love oh. it oh my god can we talk about cilantro for a second do you do, do <laughs> I love it love- I'm a huge oh. cilantro. I love it I actually I don't understand how some people can't not like it so I I just don't I can't understand that's what they say but to me it tastes delicious like in a salsa or something I don't know it's so good oh gosh well that would not be the food that I could eat for the rest of my life but if you could only eat one type of food for the rest of your life what would it be oh I love soup soup of any kind I think (laughs) like a war wonton soup is my favorite because it has Mm. everything in it but like you could probably make a soup for me with just about anything. And sometimes I do that. It's like whatever's in the fridge, I'll just toss together into like a nice, salty, warm, comforting soup. My mother-in-law is the soup queen. She could make, turn anything into a delicious soup. So I'm sure I would live on, on a selection of her soups for the rest of my life. She's not like the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. Is yeah, she? right. <laughs> I almost said she's the soup Nazi. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your take on, what is your feeling on pea soup? Because I get a lot of uh, like groans here when I suggest pea soup. I, I like, like a, it. I like a split pea and ham soup. Yes. Because then you got the, like the ham chunks in there and it's really nice and salty. Yeah. But you got to watch the texture because if this, yeah, like I like a, I like some chunks in my soup. I don't like it just kind of pureed. So maybe yeah, that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, no, I can I can see that, but I can't make that because nobody here will eat that. So nobody will eat it. Yeah. No, they really like. I make this chicken soup, which is probably inappropriately called chicken crack soup, 
Um, <laughs> they they do like that. Um, that sounds my, good. Yeah, it is very good. There's like a secret ingredient in it. I won't tell you that it's a pack the of crack. The chicken crack soup. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, it's just a packet of ranch dressing. To be honest with you. Oh. Inside yeah. the soup? Yeah, wow. yeah, and cream cheese. Oh, so, so it's, it's all very, creamy and yummy. Oh, it's very yeah. healthy it's, as well. Oh, yes. There's no calories, and it's <laughs> actually, it's like reverse calories because there's celery in it. it burns. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So what are, what are you working on now? Well, you, you um, basically told me that you're working yeah, on. Yeah, like I have a, a middle grade book that's on submission right now that is um, – about a 12-year-old girl who was a ballerina and is not very good, so she starts karate oh, with her it best was friend. Me. It was me dancing to What a Feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so you should have tried karate instead because oh, then she finds that she's amazing instead. at that. You did soccer instead? Oh, there you go. You oh, found I, was not a, I was not amazing at that either. <laughs> I'm still looking for my amazing. <laughs> never too late in life it isn't it really isn't so so where can we find you what are you like where do you hang out on social media the most um so i'm on instagram at jen walker author um you can find me there or at twitter at jen reads rights um or i have a webpage jenwalkerauthor.com and all my social media um tags are there so you can find me there and then the books are available uh amazon barnes and noble wherever your your retailers are canada it's in indigo and and chapters that sort of thing perfect well i wish you all the best of luck with uh thank you it was a very enjoyable read a relatable read and uh, definitely inspired me to go to hawaii one day perfect (laughs) yes exactly put it on the bucket list your job is done there excellent and it was a pleasure pleasure talking to you um i'll talk to you soon hopefully that sounds great thanks for having me enjoy your day off tomorrow enjoy your day off i will for (laughs) sure take care bye-bye bye-bye thanks for joining us on this episode of bookshelf banter with author jennifer walker I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week when I interview illustrator and author Katie Fabian. Until then, have a great week.